Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart would be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message. Joy will ever be in the one who saves. 
to start out in Ezekiel chapter 2 by talking about the fact that this is the opening book of Ezekiel, a mighty prophet of the Lord, that God is, God is preparing him because he loves his people, folks, but he's preparing Ezekiel to go to the people and this word rings all throughout uh, this and many other chapters, the word rebellious. Now, you may be tempted to hear me uh, give this to you like I am, I am Ezekiel and you are the rebellious people Israel. There may be a lot of truth in that for all of us. But today, I'm asking you to hear what the Spirit's saying to you as far as where this falls in your life. But all of us, all of us, I want you to put yourself right now in the shoes of Ezekiel. That probably seldom is ever called upon by a pastor to do that, but I want you to do that today, and it'll make sense in a few minutes. So since this is the house of God, this is the Word of God, we're going to be reading a little bit of the Word of God, and today I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not even going to ask you to say it out loud. Wouldn't hurt my feelings if you did, but I do want you to follow along together, all right? Because I want you to hear this, this passage, and I want you to hear this account of how God is preparing Ezekiel, and this is what I love about God. God doesn't, God's not a bait and switch type of God. If you've ever been in sales or, or, or if you've ever been a victim before, you'll know all about this. But what bait and switch means, means a lot of times there's an advertised product or price, but when you get there to buy it, uh, that, that was just the bait to get you in the door. But when you get there, it's kind of switched around, and it's not really everything that was advertised or you were told. They're either out of them or never had them, or they cost a whole lot more, and you, or you got to buy something else. That's a very, very uh, watered-down definition. But God's not like that. God tells you. He lays it all out. He lays it out many times. People can't see the other side, as in the uh, account of Abraham and Isaac. But all of you know that by the time he got up to the top 
of that mountain that God had indeed carried out what he said he would do, and there was a, there was a ram. So today, we've got, a, we've got a different scenario here. God is preparing, and he's letting Ezekiel know everything up front. So let's read together, beginning at verse 1. And he said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet, and I will speak to you. Then the Spirit entered me when he spoke to me and set me on my feet, and I heard him who spoke to me. And he said to me, Son of man, I am sending you to the children of Israel, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day, for they are impudent and stubborn children, I am sending you to them, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God, as for them, whether they hear or whether they refuse, for they are a rebellious house, yet they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them, nor be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns are with you, and you dwell among scorpions. Do not be afraid of their words or dismayed by their looks, though they are a rebellious house. You shall speak my words to them, whether they hear or whether they refuse. Second time he's told them, for they are rebellious. But you, son of man, hear what I say to you. Do not be rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. Now, when I look, there was a hand stretched out to me, and behold, a book, a scroll of a book was in it. Then he spread it before me, and there was writing on the inside and on the outside, and written on it were lamentations and mourning and woe. We're going to chapter 3 right now. So moreover, he said to me, son of man, eat what you find. Eat this scroll and go speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth. And he calls me to eat that scroll. And he said to me, Son of man, feed your belly and fill your stomach with this scroll that I give you. So I ate, and it was with my mouth like honey and sweetness. I'm going to stop for a second and say this. This coming Tuesday will be the 26th, which will be our 23rd day. In our 23 days of God time versus world time. And I just want to tell you this. I was so encouraged by a testimony given Wednesday night from a young man that shared his heart, but began to say how uh, he had not really uh, kept up with the sheep, but what it had done, he had found himself. It had brought an awareness to him and how he has an ongoing constant hunger for the Word of God. It made him, and that's all it was supposed to be. You never put a mark on the paper. If it made you think, my goodness alive, I'm spending time, hour after hour in the world and God little to nothing. If it made you think and it altered your life, listen to me, 
What did God say he was going to do with Haggai and them? Then the Lord stirred their spirit. I'm telling you, I've already seen God stir my spirit. I've got testimony of God stirring other spirits. And folks, I will tell you, I know I just read this verse 3, but if you will taste and see the Lord, taste his word, eat his word, this is what he's saying here, you will find out. Taste and see that the Lord is good. It'll be sweet to you. It will get you out of so many binds in this life that nothing or no one else can get you out of. But the devil will put in our minds that it's a, it's a sour, archaic, no good, worthless paper because, and I, I, this is a very, very childish reference, but somebody will get this that won't get nothing else. When you read and you soak in the Word of God on a scale that I can't compare, but I will say it's like kryptonite is to Superman. That's what the Word of God is to the devil. And so that's why I hope and I pray in the name of Jesus. I've prayed everything from anointing to Holy Ghost conviction over people who are not devoted, and swimming in the Word of God. Because if you are not, number one, you're missing out, and number two, you're going to probably be let out somewhere that you don't want to go. So this is what he was telling them, and I'm going to read verse 3 again. He said, son of, he said to me, Son of man, feed your belly. That means you need to eat the Word while you can. Fill your stomach with this scroll that I give you. So I ate, and it was. In my mouth like honey. Then he said to me, son of man, verse 4, go to the house of Israel and speak with my words to them. For you are not sent. This is important. You are not sent to a people of unfamiliar speech and of hard language, but the house of Israel. They know what you are saying. They know right from wrong. They know the word of God. The law was given to them. You're not talking to people like the day of Pentecost when they came and there was a every nation on the earth represented and people could hear people praising God in their, their own native language. These people knew what was going on. He said, but you're going to the house of Israel, not to many people of unfamiliar speech and of hard language whose words you cannot understand. Surely. Had I sent you to them, they would have listened to you. But the house of Israel will not. This is what I meant earlier when I said God's not like baiting and switching. He's letting him know up front. They're rebellious people, and they will not listen to you because they won't listen to me. For all the house of Israel are impudent and hard-hearted. Behold, I have made your face strong against their faces and your forehead strong against their foreheads. Like adamant stone, harder than flint, I've made your forehead. Do not be afraid of them, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they are a rebellious house. Moreover, he said to me, son of man, receive into your heart, church. He's talking to us today. All my words, 
that I speak to you and hear with your ears. And go, get the captives to the children of your people and speak to them and tell them, thus says the Lord God, whether they hear or whether they refuse. I can't tell you uh, too many times just how quiet the Christian community is right now. I can't tell you how quiet the church of the living God has become. And everything that we all just read together explains it. You see, people never change, church. Everybody in here, you go back to somebody in this Bible right here. And things don't change. That's why uh, I've got paisley neckties at home. I think they've come in and out two or possibly three times. Don't get rid of that stuff. Don't get rid of it. I wish I had some of my old uh, Chuck Taylors, but we threw them away. And now they're $9,000 a pair. And just like, and they might be to somebody somewhere, but the same way people are. People are rebellious. People won't listen to God. People know, but they won't hear. And the same people that won't hear are the people that are yelling all kind of vulgar nonsense and lying and lying in all facets. It doesn't matter if it's politics, if it's entertainment, if it's the sports world, if it's the news world, if it's in public education, if it's in mass marketing, it doesn't matter what it is. But somehow or another, when the world speaks, the church does either one of two things or both things. Number one, we either listen and believe the world or we become frightened and afraid of the world. And when you become afraid of anybody or anything outside of a holy reverent fear of God, it will own you and it will navigate you throughout your whole entire life. So if I go all the way back to the second chapter, in verse 1, in verse 3, and in verse 7, and I'm going to go through them like this. The first thing that God told Ezekiel he was going to, to do was to stand. All of you have know, known this. If, if you don't stand for something, you will want for anything. You will fall for anything. So from the place in life where he was, and I told you now, some of this stuff is going it, it, to it's be relatable, but I talking to you from the standpoint of Ezekiel and want you to hear and understand from that standpoint. 
there was a time in his life that he, he wasn't standing up. And so God had to tell him, you need to stand up. And then the second thing he did, he said, I am going to, and he says it in verse 3, he had to send him because where he was would not fulfill God's mission. So he told him to stand. So you can move a lot better if you stand, right? Yeah, you can. Like you can get around a lot if you stand. And then he said, now that you're up, I'm going to send you. And the third thing he told him he was going to do, he was going to speak, meaning Ezekiel was going to speak. So if I didn't really do anything else, bring anything else out today, share with you, I just want to tell all of you, that is a lot right there for me to try to digest and live out in my life because as long, well, let me do this first. I thought that, I, I just thought this was so God. Do you know what the opposite is when you are not standing and willing for God to send you and you're not willing to speak on behalf of God, the word of God? If you, don't, if you don't stand, that means you, you sit. If, if, if you don't allow God to send you, that just means you stay right where you are. And if you don't, lie, if you don't speak what God said, that means you just remain silent. So instead of standing and sending or being sent and speaking, we sit and we stay silent. How about that? You're doing exactly what I did when God showed it to me. You're thinking about that, amen? And so there were some things that God had to address. And in Isaiah 51, verse 12, the first thing that God still is dealing with today with the silent church is being afraid of men or man. I, even I, am he who confronts you. Why? Why should you be afraid of mortal man? Or of a son of a man that withers like grass? This is a question. And Matthew 10, 28 says, look, if you're going to be afraid of somebody, don't fear them that can kill the body but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. So God told him, you just need to go ahead and get rid of this fear that's not from me, by the way so we can go on and, and, and get on with this right here because here's what God does. You can either stand, let me send you and speak and say what I say, or don't worry, Ezekiel, I'll raise somebody else up to do it. We're at those crossroads, church. Not just me, not this church, but every person listening to me right now, you're at this crossroad. You are. 
You're not flying under the radar. You're not biblically illiterate. You're not a new convert that can't do it. Yes, you can do it. And not only can you do it, you are sent and kept alive up until this moment by God to do it. The, the world is not taking any shortcuts to tell you how they feel about everything from marriage to mutilating children's body to uh, condoning everything you can think of. Are they? They're not wasting any time. And so God says, we, we've got to go ahead and settle this thing about why, why are you afraid of a man that's born of a man? Why? And then the next thing was, and this is kind of where we're going to be a little while today, is the attack, not just the, uh, being afraid of man, but attacks of man. And that's what kind of gives way to being fearful or afraid of man. Listen to verse uh, 15 of 2 Kings chapter 1, and then we're going to go back and look at another scripture that we've already read. Then the angel of the Lord came to Elijah. Go down with him. Do not be afraid of him. So see, God has to deal with this with people all the time. Mighty men, we think that, listen, in the Bible, they're no different than me and you. I think about Elijah. Let me finish. So Elijah got up and went down with him to the king. I think about that prophet that day. 850 prophets of Baal, nobody, no other preacher there. No entourage, nobody. And all of that that happened with the fire coming down and even licking up the water and all that, and it wasn't but just a little while longer. It wasn't a great army after him. It was the mouth of Jezebel. He ran for his life, wanted to die. Scared to death. God's always. So the, the mightiest men, the, the boldest prophets in the Bible, God still had to address this. You're no different than them. They weren't made out of anything more than you are and I am. When you read back again in the sixth verse of Second uh, Ezekiel 2, he said, now you're going to be among, I want everybody to listen close to this because you're about to get, and I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of this because you're going to get people pictures in your head. And I'm just going to go on and say, don't do that. But you're going to do it anyway. Or places or situations. The Lord says, listen, I know that there are people, verse 6, and I'm going to kind of paraphrase for a minute. He said, I know there are people there. Their words Sticks and stones have broken some bones. Amen? Yeah, they have. But words have made you pack up, and I can say it all, the children are upstairs. It doesn't matter anyway because they hear worse than this at home. Will make you, words will make you pack up and shut up. I saw a very, very, very disturbing article this week of a major pastor. This is as close as I'm going to get to name calling today because I don't want you floating off down in the Georgia area who is now pretty much hosting something how to get along 
with transgender families and all this other kind of stuff. Well, well known, well known, very well known. All I can do is pray for the man. I love him, love his soul, but I'm telling you, church, this, this constant pressure from hell to make people feel like, well, we've got to finally bend the word of God and our values and what God says. I'm telling you, this is the day when the Ezekiels have to be reinforced in the house of God and with the word of God. And you've got to know that God has said it's time to stand up and let me send you wherever I need you. And you've got to speak up now because your salvation is nearer than when you first believed. So many people are backing down. I'm not talking about sinners now. I'm talking about people who've been in the faith a long time. People are packing their, their little carousel up, and they're taking the carnival, and they don't want to break it out and let the Lord ride anymore. People are intimidated. You don't believe this, but there's more cherry-picking in the word of God of what people will preach now and what they won't preach. And it's not just on preachers. There are people that will just won't say anything at work anymore. I'll say amen to that. Because you don't want to lose promotion. You don't want to lose your job. You don't want words to get a hold of you. And then verse 6 goes on to say, God is saying, I know that there are words right there. And he even says, it's so bad, it's like you're in a briar patch. You got thorns all over you. If you've ever been rabbit hunting before, you've been in briars, you know, man, it locks you down. You don't go nowhere fast. Probably not a lot of women or men's been rabbit hunting in here, and I get that, but that's what I had to I had to borrow something. I had to quick last week, couldn't think of nothing else, and so here's the briars today. Rabbit hunting. He said, you, you, you are, with words, you are feeling like that if you move at all, you're going to get stuck and caught in more briars. He said, not only that, you got them thorns that's about to draw blood. You know, briars is one pain, but a thorn is another pain. He said, and then... You got scorpions, and you know what they do? They sting you all the time. They can even kill you. And so God knew this, and he knew that that's what he was sending. You know, when he sent Peter to Cornelius' house, and then when Peter uh, was speaking that day and 3,000 got saved at a revival, this was a different setup right here. He said, I'm not sending you there. I'm sending you to people that ain't going to listen. But they will not be able to say, and they will know whether they adhere to it or not, that a prophet has been among them. And I'm just going to tell you right now. They might not listen to you. They might cuss you out. They may never speak to you on your job again. But I'm telling you this. They will not stand before a holy God and not know that they were at one time on this life around a saint of God that loved them enough to tell them what God has said and then see it's off of you. I do it every week of my life. 
I'm going to be honest with you, my flesh don't like a lot of the mail because I know about words, I know about briars, I know about thorns, and God knows I know about scorpions stinging you. But God's reminded me, hey, you better tell them because you're going to stand before me one day. And if you don't tell them, their blood, their black backsliding's on your hand. But if you do, you're going to be blessed for it, and I'm going to bless you for it. So church, you know all this stuff's going to happen. But I'm glad that greater is he that sent me than he that's in the world. And I also want you to know that when all the thorns come and all the words, all those briars and even those mean scorpions, Jesus said this. You just, you just, because you might run into a, you, you might even get over all the, the thorns and the, the briars this week, and all of a sudden, you, you, you're just getting stung to death. I want you to remember this scripture. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents, hallelujah, and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall harm you. So, I want to tell the church today, the world is going to increase with the pressure for us to be completely uh, silent or to be so much in favor of what's going on even if we're really not, it's going to be hard to tell the church or the Christian from the world and the unsaved. And God has sent me today to say it's got to change right now in all of our walks of life. There's something worse than somebody not liking you or somebody making a, 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 a dig about you on Facebook. There's something worse than that. Standing before God knowing that, that you are the reason they are living in hell today. There's something worse than feeling like nobody loves me, nobody likes me. It just feels like one thing after another. I'm telling you, if you are living right and you are walking right and you are digesting the word of God, it's going to be one thing after the other. You don't need to read the apostle Paul. Man, every day of his life, it would seem like it was a new rock or a new whip or a new uh, spear or a new strap being across his back. We are identifying with Christ. I'm sorry, guys. I got to get out of here for a second. We identify with Christ more when we suffer for him than any other time. We don't like suffering. We hate it. And there's so many millionaire preachers that tell you that real people have faith. They don't suffer. I'm telling you, they are a lie from hell. If you love Jesus and you live like the Bible says, in this world, Jesus is not a liar. He said, in this world, you are going to have tribulation. That's suffering in my book. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So we've got to let God be God and every man a liar. Quit being afraid. Don't be afraid. 
don't be afraid. I, I, I don't even know. Derek, if, if you don't mind, I, I want to go, and I just feel like saying this again, but only reading it. This is the 18th verse of chapter 3. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die. And you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his way to save his life. That same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. Yet, if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, nor from his wicked ways, he shall die in his iniquity. But you have delivered your soul. That's what I do every Sunday again. I'm up here delivering my soul. It's a miserable ride back down 79 after the church service is over with, in case y'all have ever wondered that. Yeah, it's a real bumpy ride for me a lot of Sundays. So I've made my mind up. I'm ready to ride home on some spiritual Michelins and know that I've delivered my soul every time I get behind this pulpit. So, verse 20 says, and again, when a righteous man, oh, and this is a whole nother message, by the way. A righteous man, a righteous man apparently can turn from his ways. Because, see, you got another whole batch of modern-day self-proclaimed preachers and theologians and seminaries and tele-evangelists that tell people, that when you backslide or when you sin, it's not really sin because, you know, they take grace and they redefine grace like God don't care anymore and God don't have a standard anymore and you don't have to live any kind of way. Without holiness, no man will see the Lord, by the way, church. And so when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity. And I, this is God now, and I lay a stumbling block before him. He shall die. Can everybody see that in case you can't hear me? I want that to be clear. He shall die because you didn't give him a warning. He shall die in, y'all see those next two words? Very controversial with modern-day scholars. Very, but they're there. You see them? I'm going to make sure I'm not a man. My Bible's got a misprint and everybody else is right. He shall die, what? In his that. See it? Don't nobody want to say it no more. Anybody else want to join in this time? Say it, say it. That's exactly right. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He shall die in his sin and his righteousness, which he has done, shall not be remembered. But his blood I will require at your hands. Nevertheless, if you warn the righteous man that the righteous should not sin. And he does not sin, he shall surely live because he took warning. Folks, that's all you're doing. You're not being judgmental. You're not being mean. In fact, you're being very obedient and you're warning people. 
Did you know the whole time Noah was building for 120 years, he was warning people the whole time. But the day that God closed the door on the ark, the warnings were over with. I'm warning people every Sunday, Jesus could come back today. Jesus is going, he's going to come back one Sunday. Jesus might come back during, but one day I'm not going to be here to warn people no more. One day I'm not going to be here to warn people to say, uh, listen, be sure your sins will find you out, or to say, listen, every day you need to wake up and you need to be in the word of God because a righteous man apparently can turn from his righteous way and get back involved in sin. So, but that was the Old Testament. So you're saying uh, Psalm 23, the, the Old Testament. So that's no good. Psalm 23 is no good. Isaiah chapter 55 and 53, they're no good. Uh, see, we've got so much of this, and if, if you were not prayed up and in the Word of God, and you don't have discernment, then, then you oh. That, that was great. I think I'm going to buy that book. I might even go to that conference and see them. See, there's one day, and I'm not sure that some of this is not taking place already, that God's already allowing some strong delusion because he's told people, just like in uh, Ezekiel's day, he's told people, but they won't hear him. He's told preachers to tell people. They won't hear them. He's telling you. You tell people. Some might hear you, but some's not going to hear you. In fact, you're going to really offend people sometimes. He says he'll live because he took warning. Also, you will have delivered your soul. So I want to ask you, what is it going to be, church? You know, Stand, send, speak. Or is the briars just a little bit too open? Man, I agree with everything in the Bible. And you're such a sweet little old man. I think you're really nice sometimes. But 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 you don't understand. You don't you don't understand. Let, can I just clarify something for everybody? There's nothing for me to understand. I ain't write one thing in this book. All I did, was, in fact, that's why you read it. So you could just see it for yourself. So, don't have anything to do with me. If we had those children from Children's Church up here reading these Bible verses out loud to all of us, it still means the same thing to every one of us. Don't have anything to do with the person. And I'm telling you this because unless God intervenes, the Lord, and I love the way I read this this morning from a brother in Israel, uh, when he steps in the clouds the first time to call his bride. The second time when he comes, he's going to step on the clouds where everybody will see him, but we will all that are saved be with him when he comes back to rule and reign on this earth for a thousand years. So at any time, I believe the Lord could step over inside the clouds 
and call us. And this is exactly why every one of us don't need to take Monday the 25th for granted at work, at breakfast, at the doctor's office, waiting on your appointment, waiting to get your oil changed, waiting to get checked out at the grocery store. You don't need to be silent. You think you're buying groceries. You think you're going for a six-month wellness check. No, you are not. God has stood you up when the devil wanted to kill you in that car wreck 12 years ago. God has stood you up. He said, stand up when you were about to sit down for all eternity in a grave. When cancer was about to take you out, God stood you up. And when you thought that that failed marriage was going to be the end of you and you wanted to take your life, God stood you up and you're standing today so he can send you to the grocery store, so he can send you to the appointment, so he can send you to the ball game. It ain't even about little Johnny playing ball. He's sending you there because there's an unbeliever right there needs to hear what God has said, what the truth of the word of God is. That's the only reason you're breathing and I'm breathing right now so you can stand so you can be sent every day and so you can speak and you cannot be afraid church before we end our broadcast today I just want to ask you a simple question do you know Jesus Christ not do you go to church not do you have a cross in your home but do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner and you violated the law of God and you stored up wrath. And for that, you feel bad and so bad that you've asked him to forgive you and you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ. If you haven't done that, that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about. It's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question. Are you ready to meet the Lord face to face and give an account for your life? If you have not done that or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer, but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart. And you have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now or for all eternity. So I want to pray for you. God, I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us, Lord. And help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you've got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, 
why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash uh, saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us the, a text that just says saved to 910-400-1199. That's the word saved to 910-400-1199. Listen, we'd like to help you out on your journey. And there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission. And you're part of that. So let us pray for you. And if you have any kind of prayer request, why don't you uh, share that with us? Uh, we will not reach back out to you and ask you for anything, uh, but you're welcome to email us and let us know what your prayer need is right now. And that's just a simple email uh, to prayer at multitudeschurch.com. Thank you again Thank you for, for being, being a part, a part of, our, of broadcast. our broadcast. And we today. look forward to like seeing more you in heaven one day about our for church, all eternity. Or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.